0: And I say myself, What a wonderful world! Hey, folks, welcome to What a Wonderful World. It's a podcast. This is the second episode, so thanks for tuning in. 15, 20 minutes, it's a good length if you're busy. Or you have a shorter commute, you don't want to commit an hour or two to a podcast. Uh, what's going on in my world? I'm a little sick. I'm trying something new. I'm a little further away from the mic. Speaking a little louder. So I'm sorry if it's not as nice to listen to as the first episode, but but I think this is just who I am now. My son was throwing up everywhere earlier this week, but he's doing a lot better. Yeah, just lots of Lots of nasty sickness going around. I hope everybody's happy and healthy out there. How are you? It's nice to uh, hear from people, whether you know me from Effects Pedal World through Wonder Effects or my old band, The Swellers. I know some people were tuning in to hear some tour stories. I've just been building pedals all day, every day. Got like 300 of these Fuzzhausen fuzz pedals that I'm hoping to get out by Christmas. Actually, Danhausen, the pro wrestler who is behind the inspiration for the Fuzzhausen, it's his signature model pedal. I met him when I was at wrestling school, so that's a fun little tie in. I also built a prototype boost today. And it worked perfectly. I'm very happy about that. Excited to have a boost in my line. And, uh, I also got a new revision of the Wonder Drive board, which did not work. But once we get it right, that thing is going to be rock solid. Anyway, uh, today I wanted to talk about how I am a wrestling school dropout. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Uh, this was kind of toward the last couple of years that I was touring in my band. And you know, I'll preface this by saying I think I maybe had some delusions of grandeur. Uh, if I get into something as a fan, generally I feel like I have to learn how to do that thing myself and then make it my entire life which worked out pretty well for playing guitar in a band, uh, building guitar pedals. But with pro wrestling, it did not work out for this guy. But I love wrestling my whole life. I'm pretty sure I watched one of the first, if not the first, Monday Night Raws when I lived in the Chicago suburbs with my friend Phil Gergoni. And I think it went too late for a bunch of uh, first graders. So we actually had to stop watching it a little early. But that didn't stop us from going to his house and playing wrestling video games. Where we would pretty much just leave the wrestler's theme song on. And make up our own entrances. I remember specifically trying to be The Undertaker. And we were blowing baby powder all over their basement. Kind of like a fog machine. We got in a little trouble doing that. Um, but yeah, we just loved it. I'll never forget seeing Marty Jannetty getting kicked through a plate glass window by Shawn Michaels, and that rattled me to the core. Seeing a friendship like that just end so violently, I was just hooked. And you know, I watched a lot of WWF. I was very much a WWF guy. Bret Hart was my dude. still is. And I was pretty anti-WCW. I I chose a side. And I think I stopped watching around the WCW-WWF merger uh, when it became WWE, a little bit after that. And I didn't really lose interest in the product as much as I started playing guitar a lot more. I started my band in 2002. I really wasn't even watching much TV. But about a decade later there was a wrestler by the name of CM Punk who reached out to us on Twitter or maybe replied or something. And we became aware that CM Punk liked or knew of our band. And after a couple of messages back and forth, we found out that he was going to be in San Diego filming Monday Night Raw. Okay. I don't even think they call it Monday Night Raw anymore. Uh, I don't think they've called it that in 25 years, but I digress. We were in Los Angeles on tour on a day off and we bolted down to San Diego and punk got us ringside row one seats and it was pretty mind blowing walking down the stairs of this arena and just. We kept asking ushers, where are these seats? Where are these seats? And they kept saying, down there, down there. And then finally we got down there and the usher pointed us to the very front row. And we were like kids on Christmas. It was one of the most exhilarating feelings being that close to the wrestling ring that we'd been watching all of our lives. And Punk kind of interacted with us a little bit during the show uh, there was a dark match at the end and punk kept coming toward us and asking us what moves he should do. It was just unreal. And we stayed in touch a little bit and I was just inspired. I started lifting weights around that time, I think unrelated, but I went from about 190 pounds to 235 pounds and I was a six foot three gaining a lot of muscle, uh, And just really digging wrestling again. And then I just so happened to meet a guy by the name of Hakeem Zane. Who you might know as Rohit Raju from Impact Wrestling. At a gym in Saginaw, Michigan where I lived. And he just overheard me and my friends talking about wrestling. And I think Wrestlemania. And he said, you know, I'm a pro wrestler. That's what I do come down to a show at the VFW hall. And we were just like, oh man, we are in. Like we didn't even know that there was indie wrestling around here. So we go to the show. There's about 30 people in attendance in this rundown little hall. And it was a lot of what you might expect from an independent wrestling show with 30 people in attendance. Uh, A rickety ring that was barely held together. Uh, A bunch of kind of hopeless heroes running around in tights. And then there was Hakeem Zane, who just blew us away. We were like, this kid from Saginaw, Michigan, really has something. And at that moment, I was like, man, I am so proud to know this guy from the gym. And he's the best one. This is amazing. Then there was a tag team called the painkillers and they were incredible they were funny they were super athletic you know they were really just a cut above the rest and i was like i gotta get my picture taken with these guys after the show i've never gotten an autograph or a picture taken with a musician or you know anybody that i would seen live that just that's not me but with the painkillers, with these guys, I, I just needed to do it and really got to know them. And one of them now goes by the name Jake something, uh, also at impact wrestling. So I just happened to meet the two best Michigan indie wrestlers in the same night and befriend them. And I was like, guys, we should get together and lift weights all the time in my garage we should talk wrestling we should talk music and over the next year i found myself wanting to do what they do more and more so i looked into some wrestling schools and so i got married which you know i make it sound like it was some random thing that just happened but it wasn't uh, it was very much planned But the reason that it's relevant is because about a month later, I started attending the House of Truth wrestling school in Detroit. And looking back now, I don't know how I did that to my poor wife. Like, hi, I'm ready for this life with you. I'm already in a touring band. By the way, four days a week, I'm going to be living in Detroit on my friend's couch and learning to wrestle because I'm going to be a pro wrestler so it ends up being the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, I got so much more of a respect for the art of wrestling. It is dance. It is improvisation. It is drama. Athleticism. Just It is unlike anything else in the world. And I just couldn't swing it. I think that I had the charisma, and I had the look, and I had everything else except for the technical aspects. I think if I really, really, really trained hard, I could potentially move like an athlete and learn all of this stuff, but I never played sports in school. I walk like a big oaf, I'm heavy-footed, and just the thinking on your feet the knowing exactly what to do when giving or receiving a move safely was so much for my brain to handle and i did okay i I lasted about two months of the three-month course and then my band was actually going on a tour to the uk and everybody knew this in the class and Truth Martini, the teacher, he said, just come for the next round of classes when you're back from tour and you can kind of pick up where you left off, you can come back as much as you want. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. And I went home that weekend and never went back. Knowing that I didn't have to sleep on someone's couch while getting beat up and bruised and bloodied four days a week, it was a really nice feeling. And I didn't really feel like a quitter. I felt very fortunate that I was able to have that experience. And it was a big life lesson. It was then that I learned you can like something and be a fan of something and not have to learn exactly how to do it and make it your entire life. I started from the bottom with the band stuff, playing local shows, writing songs, making your first records. And it was a 15-year process to kind of get to where we got. And I just couldn't imagine starting from the very beginning and doing all that again with pro wrestling. One thing that I took from wrestling school was saying thank you, which sounds like a very basic thing you learn when you're a young child, but no matter what was told to you by a trainer or one of the wrestlers helping the students learn, whenever you were offered any bit of advice or instruction, you would say thank you. Not thanks, but uh, something, you know, not an excuse, And at first, it got a little annoying. If they were like, move your arm a little bit. You know, you say, thank you. I know that's what I'm supposed to say. But after a while, it became second nature. And I started using it in my everyday life. And the best thing to do is say thank you whenever anybody offers you any kind of advice, criticism, an idea. Not just because it sounds polite, but it could completely make their day or change their entire view around you. It makes them feel valuable. And let's be honest, most unsolicited advice is going to be complete trash. Just take it or leave it. And most likely, you'll leave it. But you never know what that's going to unlock for you. Now, one thing I couldn't really gel with in the wrestling world was sort of their hierarchy. uh, The way that Veteran wrestlers might treat younger wrestlers or students, uh, and I get it, it's kind of old school, Uh, but in the music world, uh, we, we didn't really have that. We always toured with really awesome, friendly bands that made us feel like equals, and I just have a big problem with authority. I don't think that I would have fared very well if I would have continued down that road. But a quick story, uh, I went to a wrestling show with some of my buddies who were on the show and I'm used to just kind of hanging out backstage at a rock show or something like that, even if I'm not playing. So I kind of went backstage with the wrestlers because they're my buddies. The show hadn't started yet. And Colt Cabana was back there and I was just kind of talking to him and he was talking to me. It's like, oh, that's cool. All right. And nobody seemed to have a problem with anything. Uh, It's almost like some of the people backstage thought that I was on the show, which is cool. You know, it's like if I fit in with that crowd, awesome. And then a man walked in and I was kind of the closest to the door and he turned around and saw me and shook my hand and just started talking to me. And I it took me a second, but then I realized, this is Dan Severn. Dan the Beast Severn, legendary Michigan pro wrestler, and I was just, wow. I was not expecting this to happen, but I also think he thought that I was on the show and he was just coming by to visit, talk to some of the wrestlers, say what's up, and then bolt. I think he had some kind of MMA thing happening next door. And it was at that moment that somebody running the show noticed that I did not belong backstage and went and talked to my friends, basically to get me out of there before the show started. And you know, rightfully so, I understand that. And I do respect that, that only the wrestlers are backstage. So I kind of... uh overstayed my welcome and Jake something had to come up to me and say hey man no heat but you kind of have to go out there and you know watch the show like a normal person and I was like okay I got it so Jake I'm sorry because I know that no heat means heat and heat means that I did a boo-boo Oh, and I should mention that CM Punk quit the WWE while I was in wrestling school, and that might have contributed to me wanting to leave, but seven years later, CM Punk is back wrestling uh, in the AEW, so maybe I'll have to dust off the old wrestling boots and uh, take some bumps again. Who knows? Probably not. Alright, that does it for another episode of What a Wonderful World. Like it, subscribe it, whatever you... I don't know what they say. Tell a friend about it. That'd be cool. I'm gonna play some guitar. The Lollygagger FX Canalia. You need to go look this thing up. It looks amazing. Sounds amazing, too. And then I got a new little toy from hamden electron works i had to say that right but it's the same dude behind the baltimore sonic research institute but it was a secret santa gift it's kind of a a a univibe thing with some ramping so playing through the princeton music man cutlass we'll see you later